I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Helen. And I'm Sarah. And this is the Squiggly Careers Podcast, a weekly show where we talk about the ins, the outs, the ups and the downs of Squiggly Careers and give you a bit of support, some ideas for action so that you can feel a bit more confident and in control of whatever is going on for you at work right now. And this week, we're going to be talking about the topic of promotion, but we're going to be focusing on how you can make progress with your career development when you can't get promoted. So within Squiggly Careers, we want you to all be really ambitious for where your career can take you. So we are definitely not anti-promotion, but we also want to be really realistic that as organisations continue to get flatter, we can't rely on promotions as our only or even our primary opportunity to progress. And also there are loads of ways of progressing that are really motivating and meaningful that aren't promotions. So it's partly about giving ourselves the opportunity to zoom out and to see progression as much more than promotion, but also to recognise that there might be moments where you do feel stuck or that you're stalling and you would like to get promoted. That would be your objective number one if you could wave a magic wand. But there are often reasons outside of your control that means that can't happen. And that can put you in a really tricky dilemma or it can create a bit of tension, I think, in your squiggly career. Because maybe you love your manager, you love who you work for. Maybe you're really enjoying your job. You really like the culture of the organisation, but you can't get promoted. For whatever reason, there's no more money, there's not the right role, there's someone in the role that you want to do. All of those things are the reality of our squiggly careers. So what do we do in those moments? How can we still progress? When do you think in your career you've been most in this situation where you have wanted to be promoted, but it hasn't been possible? And there's been this point when that could have, and it probably did feel quite frustrating, but you had to make a conscious choice to do something different. When was that like most real for you? Um what age do you want me to give an age well, or, a, or a job I, mean, or... I don't I wasn't expecting a date I was yeah. just, just, just I was a moment like, how specific does she want me to be <laughs> you can go there if you want uh, well I can think of more than one example where this this has definitely felt like the situation I found myself in in my squiggly career probably one in particular where I was working for Barclay Card I was based in Northampton in the UK at that time and I wanted to move to London so I wanted at that point I sort of felt like I was ready to get promoted And really practically, I wanted to earn more money so I could live in a very expensive city. I wanted to climb the ladder. I think I was still pretty attached to the ladder at that that moment in time. And so that felt like my main priority was to get promoted and it didn't happen. And mine was probably 
again, I've had more than one point when this has been like a motivator for me, but it's not been possible. But when I remember being at Virgin and I loved Virgin because it was so, it was so fun and people were so friendly and I just like really enjoyed being there, but it was also really small. Relatively, it was the smallest place I've ever worked, even though it's a big brand, there weren't that many people in that part of Virgin. And actually I was looking around me and, and everyone else, in the roles that I could see myself being promoted into, I didn't think I had the skills and experience that those people had. It was quite specific and I thought, I want to be promoted, but I honestly look in people who are, you know, levels above me in that organisation and I don't think that I have got what those roles would need. And so it was sort of like, I want to be here and I want to be promoted, but I don't think I'm the right person to go into those roles. So what do I do differently with my development? I ultimately did. And we'll talk about some of the things that we've done and some other ideas that we've got for people listening. But it, I think everyone has these little moments, don't they? When promotion seems like the thing that we want, but we might have to do something different if we want to take ownership of our development. So we want to start by being really specific about why lots of us, and I'm sure lots of people listening, want to get promoted. And as I said, I don't think this is a bad thing. We shouldn't be beating ourselves up. We should be really ambitious about our careers. And both Helen and I have had loads of moments in our careers where we really, really wanted to get promoted. And maybe that's because you wanted more money. Maybe that's because you wanted to increase your power and influence. Maybe it's because you want to support the development of other people and you see getting promoted and kind of managing a team as one way to do that. Or maybe it's because you want to do more of what you want to spend your time on and less of what you don't want to spend your time on. And maybe it's a mixture of all of those four things. And I think it is just helpful, though, to maybe think about what is your driving force behind wanting a promotion? Because then when you think about the ideas for action that we're going to talk about that might feel most useful for you... Some of them you might go, well, that feels less relevant because actually the reason I wanted to get promoted wasn't about increasing power and influence. It was much more about supporting the development of others. Or actually, the thing that really matters most to me in my career at the moment is more money. That's going to make my life easier. You know, I really want to progress in terms of how much I'm being paid, which is a really valid and important thing to think about. And so therefore, it might be those things that you kind of really prioritise putting your energy and effort behind. So Sarah at Barclay Card then, wh- yeah. what was your driver? Um, good question. Definitely not supporting development of others because I sort of don't, I wasn't really at that stage in my squiggly career. Not power and influence. I don't think I was sophisticated <laughs> enough to know what either of those things were particularly. <laughs> I think it was more of what I wanted, less of what I didn't want in terms of the, what I was working on day to day. You know, like when I looked at the roles I could get promoted into, I was like, oh, they seem more, they're more interesting. And I'll get to do more of some of the good stuff in my current role, less of some of the bad stuff. So I was like, yeah, that and more money. Mine was exactly the same at Virgin. It was exactly the same. I definitely thought, you know, like I would have had either my first child or on the way. And I was thinking, this is getting expensive. (laughs) Childcare costs loads in the UK. Pay might be becoming more of a priority for me right now. And then also I remember looking around me and thinking, oh, wow, those people in those positions, jobs look really, really cool. And I would love to do more of that and it wasn't that I wasn't enjoying what I was doing but I loved the look of that stuff a little bit more yeah and then I can think of other examples actually that's not stayed consistent in my squiggly career so at Sainsbury's when I wanted to be promoted internally it was much more about influence and developing of other people Mm -hmm. probably by that point I was earning enough whatever your enough looks like so of course I wanted the money because, you know, who doesn't? I, I could see how that could be helpful in my day-to-day life, but it wasn't going to make enough of a difference at that point compared to, oh, I'd love to have a team to develop. And by that point, I was really into career development, so that was a really big motivator for me. 
random reflection for you, yeah. which might not be relevant for our listeners. But I was just thinking about, we've worked in organisations where we've had this kind of desire to get promoted and now we run our own company where we're not really very promotable. <laughs> I might just promote myself. <laughs> but like, I guess that in a was really my arbitrary point. way. That was my point. I have no desire to be promoted. Like my, the desire that I had in a corporate setting to get promoted has, I haven't even thought about the word promotion. And I appreciate it's our organization we run it, but it's just interesting that I wonder how much of like the organizational construct contributes to that being the answer yeah and I think if you are we both have achievement as a value and so if you are achievement orientated it gives you something to aim for and it gives you a structure to go after and I think you attach yourself to it and I think sometimes it's where you get your meaning from and I think that's some of the wrong reasons to get promoted is like just because you think you should or that's what other people are doing or that's what someone else tells you to do but it's an easy trap to fall into. And like you said, I'm not really sure. We'll just, maybe we just could just promote each other. <laughs> <laughs> but if you had, like, imagine, and this is just a very random, if you had a levelless organisation, then does the word, does promotion become less of a priority? The need still remains, I want more money, I want to do less of this and more of that. So the need yeah. remains, but the answers become much more diverse because it's just we've locked on to promotion because of the, you know, the way that organisations are structured. Well, I guess when you look at self-organising teams and that reimagining organisations book... Yeah, Frederick Laloux. Yeah, which is brilliant if people haven't read it. Lots of those organisations have more of those structures because what they recognise is progression is important for everybody because we all want to feel like we're learning and growing in our careers. No one wants to feel like they're standing still, but it's much more personalised and they can be much more flexible and adaptable about what that looks like and... You don't have all of the challenges and the problems that I think this idea of everybody wanting a promotion causes. Mm. I was actually having a conversation with somebody last week who was saying, uh, and they know about squiggly careers and like their team knows about squiggly careers, but she was saying how frequently still career conversations are, when am I going to get promoted? How am I going to get promoted? Almost because that is still the default and it's quite hard to move away from that. So there's probably some really interesting cultural things mm. that need to sit alongside some of this. Albeit, I think a lot of things we're going to talk about now are very much in your control as an individual, which is good news. Yeah, most of us can't change the massive organisations or the small businesses that we work in, but you can take some slightly different actions so that you still feel like you're progressing, even if you can't find that promotion that you want. So we're going to go through each of those reasons why we want to get promoted and then think about, well, what are the ideas for action? So we're saying... We know a promotion is not possible, but we don't just want to let go of progression at that point because then you get frustrated, you might get angry, probably get quite demotivated. So it's not good for any of us. So can we be creative? Can we find another way? So let's take the money one first. So if we want more money, then what might we do instead? Well, one thing to think about, which is I think is probably one of the more obvious ideas for action, is sideways moves can mean more money. And that has been my experience more than once in my career. This has happened to me a lot. I've done lots of sideways moves in big organisations and that has often been an opportunity to renegotiate my salary, to look at that role, to look at some benchmarking externally and to have a conversation, not just about going, well, I'm going to move from team A to team B and just sort of take my salary with me. Actually, I'm going to move from role A to role B. What is the salary for role B? Not where have I come from? So not sort of attaching myself to my salary today. And so I think you should always feel confident having those conversations and not assume that an internal move 
at the same sort of level, if you're in a leveled organisation, means your salary can't change. And I think as well as those, any sideways move, creating you to have a conversation about your remuneration, I also think that certain sideways moves are might have different pay structures. So for yeah. example, I've worked in sales, often people <laughs> in those sales positions are paid very differently to other roles in organizations. They're much more likely to have a bonus structure that's strongly linked to performance, for example. And so there will be other areas in your organizations where the pay structures might be different and it might be worth understanding what that looks like to see whether that's a sideways move that you might want to make. So another way to make more money is side projects. Now, I know this one can feel... Hustle, hustle, hustle. (laughs) Yeah, a bit hustly, which I'm always a bit uncomfortable with. And we actually nearly didn't include this, but then we thought that would be a bit hypocritical because we both (laughs) did this. But we, I suppose we didn't do it to make more money, was the point. We did a side project to enjoy it um, because it was something we wanted to spend time on. And we did make some money from it, not a life-changing amounts of money and certainly not money that would be enough to kind of top up a salary if that was your kind of primary purpose. But I do know people can, you know, maybe explore other skills they've got or how they might use those skills differently as a way to get some extra cash in the short term. But we do understand that's quite a big ask on top of people's day jobs. So we don't want to dismiss it, but I think it's rarely a sort of sustainable answer. I do think side projects can give you a feeling of more control though you know if you're like I I can do this I can do this I think it gives the confidence and control is quite a big part of this and they do I think they do enable that another thing that you can do in this area is to look at the sort of money that you can get for learning now you might not want money for learning you might like no I want money for holidays (laughs) but if you're motivated for money might be that actually part of what I want to do is sort of invest in myself that's why I want sort of more money then often those learning buckets of funding in your organization can sit in different places so what I've done before is when I couldn't get more pay because you know when you're like you're at the top of your band or whatever reason there's a pay freeze in a company it's just like you're hitting a wall of like there is no more pay right now and sometimes you can unlock well okay well I want I want to progress so what could investment in my learning look like here is a program that I'd like you to support and this is what the funding for that could be those sorts of things have been ways that I've sort of unlocked a that overall if you kind of think about how much you get paid as being a mixture of things like your benefits maybe your bonus if you get that and your sort of base pay then it's sort of the benefits bucket that you can sometimes find more way to tap into yeah and I can think of three examples of when I've done this in my career and all of those times it's been incredibly beneficial for me because I wouldn't have had the cash to have paid for the learning myself and so companies do and like Helen said it sort of sits in a different place and Also, if they are keen to keep you, it's sort of a win-win because you're getting the learning, you're getting the learning paid for, and then the organisation recognises they perhaps can't give you what you need right now, but they can give you something different that doesn't mean that you don't still go for that promotion, doesn't mean you don't still want your salary increasing at some point, but perhaps it is an okay interim solution. Another idea, we've got loads of ideas for you here. <laughs> Another one is about alternative industries. So I think this is where you there are potentially hard choices to be made and we just want to be kind of open about that. There are definitely industries that pay more. Banking would be an example of this. I've worked in the oil and gas industry. That is an example of this. They're not necessarily everybody's favourite. Super glam. Yeah, they're not necessarily <laughs> super glam. Uh, but though I, you know, I got to like manage a global team when you I did that. You were very jet set, weren't I was, you? I was travelling and I, I had teams in different countries. I learned a lot in that 
that role, even though Pleating it wasn't world, glamorous. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't very glamorous on the surface, but actually it was really influential in terms of me and my development. But I guess the bigger point is some industries pay more than others. And so if you are really motivated by pay, just be aware of that because it might be that the move that you might want to make is into one of those industries and you can definitely start exploring them to find out more about them and think about how your talents can transfer. Now that's that's a difficult choice to make, but if money is your main motivator, it might be the right one for you. And I think there are probably certain moments in your squiggly career where money is the primary motivator and you do make some tough choices or difficult decisions but you think oh well it's it's sort of worth it for now or it's worth it for where it's going to take me and I don't think we should apologize for that and then final idea for action here is it can be helpful depending on you know who your manager is and the organization you're in sometimes there can be sort of a agree objectives that will help to increase your salary. And I share this one because this is something that happened to me where I asked for a salary increase and the person I was working for was like, okay, well, I can't sort of give you that now, but I could give it to you in sort of six months time if we have two or three things that we agree on together. If you can deliver on these things, then actually that gets you to sort of a level or a standard where then I can pay you more than I do today. And what was great about that, and I think this is really important if you're doing anything around pay, is it was written down. It was very clearly communicated. There was no sort of room for manoeuvre. We were both very clear about like what that looked like. And then we revisited it after the six months and then my pay increased at that moment. And funnily enough, when I think back to it now, it was a really easy win for the person I was working for, but it felt like a really big win for me because I hadn't quite got what I wanted and actually it wasn't really that much more for her to give it to me but sort of she she probably couldn't do it at that time you know because of organizational constraints you can't do pay increases at certain times and there are sometimes loads of structures around pay that make it very difficult for managers to be flexible most managers can't just go okay, well, you're brilliant. I'd love to give you more money. If people could, they usually would. And so she was sort of basically having to say to me, you're going to have to wait until a certain date. I basically can't do anything until then. But at that point, I will be able to. And then she probably could have done it anyway. But all she did was make me then agree to do these things. And it probably gave me really good focus. So in hindsight, it was just a really smart thing from from her. Well, it goes back to confidence and control, right? You now feel like I'm confident about what I need to do and I feel in control that I'm going to go and do it. One thing I would say, I don't know whether this helps or not, but I think just the issue to be aware of here is just beware of being breadcrumbed, which we've talked about before, which is where someone says to you, okay, well, if you you do that, then I'll do this. And it's almost every time that you get a bit closer, okay, well, yeah, yeah, if you do this. I I think it probably helps you because if you clearly have a conversation with someone, someone that says well in order for me to get x y and z what do I need to do differently with my development or in in my role and that's almost written down then I think it becomes very clear when you're Mm. being breadcrumbed and you know then you can kind of you know move that conversation on depending on what's happening yeah watch out for empty promises on pay Mm. I've actually heard quite a lot of horror stories on that that was make me feel really sad yeah because actually people are really being taken advantage of so yeah don't stand for that but equally if you've got I've got a manager there who I trusted and like I say, it was all, it was very clear. And I, I actually do think it worked for both of us. So that's the money one. <laughs> the money one. <laughs> on to the next one. So the second one was all about 
if the reason that you really want to get promoted is because you want more power, you want more influence over the team, the organization, then what we would suggest is that you focus on building your profile. So it's almost like the bigger that your brand, the more that you can progress your profile and build your brand, the more opportunities you'll create and the more influence that you'll have anyway. And the idea for action here to help you to think about, well, what might I do differently if this is what I want, is the stand for, stand out outstand with way of structuring this so let's start with the first bit what is it that you want to stand for like what is it that matters to you what's really really important this is what gives you a point of difference and so for example for me I've always wanted to kind of stand for how can I help people be at their best it didn't really matter what organization I was in I just really, really cared about careers and people enjoying their work and being at their best. That is who I am as a leader, Who what matters to me as an individual. Then, once you've got that clarity on what is that I really want to stand for, then think about, well, what makes me stand out? So Sarah and I might have some quite similar things that we stand for, but what makes us stand out is really distinct and different. So for example, the thing that makes me stand out is my energy and positivity. Like I will bring that into a room, you'll probably see it and feel it, and hopefully maybe, you know, might hear it on hear this it. podcast as well. <laughs> it kind of, it come, that does make me stand out. It's really different. And then based on those things, also think about who you stand stand with and that might be the people that sort of care about the same thing that you care about that thing that you want to stand for it might be people who have similar things that make them stand out so that you can all kind of feed off each other but that kind of clarity that I think that gives you what do I stand for what makes me stand out and who am I going to stand with that helps me build my brand increase my reputation those things really contribute to your profile and your profile really contributes to your progression Another way, another lens to look at power and influence through, which might sound slightly counterintuitive, but we know that it works, is how can you focus on helping other people? So we've said before, we believe that networking is people helping people. And we know that givers gain more. So we know from Adam Grant's research that when you give without keeping score, they're the people who are the most successful in organisations. So this is a good route, a good unlocker of progression. And we use a 4C model when we're talking about this in our workshops, just to help you be specific about what this looks like for you. And actually one of these four C's definitely unlocked a lot of power and influence for me at a certain moment in my career where I probably couldn't get promoted, but I progressed a lot and really ended up probably getting promoted because of some of these things. So the four C's stand for consumer, contributor, connector, and creator. And they're all roles that you can play as part of a network or a community. When you're a consumer, it's about taking what you know, your knowledge, your skills and your experience and making it useful for someone else, but perhaps in a slightly more passive way than a contributor. So an example would be you listen to this podcast and then you share something with your team. Maybe you share one of the pod notes or the pod sheets, or you say, here are three things that I found interesting from listening to this week's Squiggly Careers podcast. You've consumed something and then you've been helpful for other people. Contributor, I think, is more active. It's where you've been very clear. What are you going to give? How are you going to give it? And who are you going to give it to? This is not about people pleasing and it's not about being boundary less, but actually being specific about, well, how can I help? And that might be time and enthusiasm. It could be really deep expertise. 
When I first started working career development, dare I say it, without Helen, <laughs> there was a time <laughs> How before. Dare you? I knew it. I knew it at that time, but it certainly was. I, I was definitely a solo act. I at think that I, point. Was, I was busy doing all that stuff all over the world, wasn't I? I yeah, think yeah, yeah. Um, also, what's weird is usually you get bands and then they break up and become solo artists. <laughs> We've gone like the opposite way. I was yeah. sort of solo first, um, so I just started testing out my passion for practical career development with enthusiasm and time and that's what I was contributing and that for me opened up a whole world of power and influence I suddenly had so much more confidence to connect with loads of different people to actually say to people oh, I'm doing this thing would anyone be interested I got more definitely more confidence as somebody who was introverted so figuring out what I'd got to contribute was actually really transformational for me Then you can be a connector. So this is not just being well connected, but being really generous with those connections and kind of bringing people together. Those people always have loads of power and influence. I know people who are amazing at that. And what I'm always proud of is the fact that whenever I do that, I sort of give myself a little pat on the back because I could never have imagined being a connector. And now I'm not I'm not the world's best connector, but there are moments where I can I can do that well. So it's definitely something I do that increases my power and influence. And then last one is creator. If something doesn't exist that you want to be part of, start it. It can be two people, it can be 200, it can be 20. It could exist primarily on WhatsApp. It could be in person. I am part of some really powerful networks that exist on WhatsApp. There's one that I'm part of where it's a group of women who've all won exactly the same award in marketing. I'm sort of like a little bit of a lurker there, partly because I'm older than pretty much everybody else there. And um, most of those people work in marketing, which obviously I, I don't anymore, but I stay. The reason I stay in that group is that group has so much power and influence. Those women are so supportive and knowledgeable and insightful. I'm like, no way am I leaving that group. I learn so much from it. And I think I progress in my job and in my role by being part of this network that actually, you know, somebody else has created it. And actually, I know one of the women that created that group, and that has definitely increased her power and influence and definitely will have helped her get promoted and mean that she's also known way beyond her role and her sort of job profile. I remember when I created the New Work Network, which would have been, I can't can't remember how many years, pre-pandemic, it was all about how we can accelerate the adoption of flexible working. And that was, you know, some quite big events that I organised to get people kind of talking about flexible working and learning from each other. And as a result of doing that, we got our first book offer because I remember I had, I got, I had, there was an author there that was talking about a book that they'd written and their publisher was there. And they came to me afterwards and said, would you like to write a book on flexible working? And I was like, yeah. No, but we do want to write a book on squiggly careers. Have you heard about squiggly careers? Yes. But that that opportunity, because when you create a network, you are sort of putting yourself in a position of an influence because you're the people bringing all those people together. You know, it's, it's kind of, it wasn't necessarily my idea, but I was an accelerator behind that. Then that is seen by other people. And I think it's a really good way. If you're confident enough to do it, it's a really good way to increase your influence that is in your control. And final point on this, which I think does make a big difference. If your organisation is behind you, even better. So do you know what? If they're not, go out and do it. I got Microsoft speaking at that event. I was like, (laughs) I'm sure you did. Speak at that event. Shocking. So, you know, involve your organisation. Tell your manager what you're doing. Hopefully they will be on your side and want you to succeed and probably also see, okay, well, we can't promote Helen at the moment, but she's off doing this stuff. That's giving her progression brilliant good for us good for microsoft again i do think you're in lots of everybody's winning here 
sometimes organisations are not as supportive. Um, and I've actually been in those places as well where people feel a bit more uncomfortable about what you might be doing externally. My suggestion there would be find a way of making it work for you. Remember, no one should care about your career more than you do. And ultimately, you know, you might want to be smart and be strategic and sensible. So you're trying to do it in a way that your organisation feels happy with. Or, you know, maybe you do need to keep it quite distinct and different for a while. But ultimately, this will really help you. And so don't be sort of scared if you're thinking, I'm not sure what my organisation might think. Don't be scared. Just get started. I always think as well, if your job is ever getting in the way of your career, then it is a moment to press pause. You know, if it's because your manager or you're working so much that you haven't got time to invest in your development or even think about your progression. It's always just a hang on a minute. Is my job today getting in the way of my career in the future? Hmm, I might need to do something different about this. Yeah. And there have definitely been moments where that's been true for me. And I think for everybody, as long as it's not a continual moment, you know, like I think I was talking to someone recently who'd started a new job and you sort of go, when you start a new job, sort of, sort of almost anything extra kind of goes out the window. I think we all get that. That's fine. Your first hundred days, or there might be certain jobs that are, I was in one job that was very reactive and loads of troubleshooting. And that actually made some of my development really difficult. And I think ultimately it did make that job like not a sustainable, viable option for me longer term because it just, there was too much tension too often. But I was like, oh, do you know what? I can live with it for a bit, but not forever. But it's just that, isn't it? It's, it's kind of being conscious about what that, what that yeah. looks like. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like, what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. So the third one, if the reason you wanted to get promoted was to support the development of other people, then a great place to start here, which I think all squiggly career listeners will have already thought of, is things like mentoring. So mentoring doesn't have to be mentoring with like a capital M. I think sometimes the idea of mentoring can feel intimidating. Actually, someone in our Amazing If team talked to me about wanting to mentor, but feeling not very confident about it. And I was like, great. Now that you've said that out loud already, I'm like, what about this? And how about this? And you've done it as well. So that's probably been quite intense for her. Um, But I think we can all, we are, we can all mentor. We've all got something to give. And that's a great opportunity to develop others. 
I also always liked thinking if somebody is new to an organisation, so I used to get involved in inductions, mm. which might sound a bit boring, but I always quite liked supporting inductions at Sainsbury's. And it meant I was sort of developing those people in their like first hundred days in a new organisation, which I think can feel quite scary and overwhelming. So I was sort of practising my developing people skills with newbies or people who are perhaps earlier in their career or perhaps, you know, you might be part of communities where people very specifically or networks say, could anyone help with this? Or would anyone like to have a chat about it doesn't have to always be labelled as mentoring to be developing others? This is a promotion problem that really resonated with me at different points in my career. I really wanted to become a manager. Yeah, me too. <laughs> really, really, really wanted. I feel really sorry for the people that I first managed. <laughs> they were like my guinea pigs for all the things that I'd wanted to do for so long to support me with their development. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> but there's this real catch-22 in a lot of companies where you put yourself forward for those promotions where you get to be a people manager for the first time, but then they go, ah, oh, but you've never been a people manager. And you're like, you're well... Like- Obviously. Obviously. Why do you think I'm applying to be a people manager? The way I found my way around this was to project manage and to do bigger and bigger projects where I was effectively managing the work of more and more people. And so it gave me lots of ways that I could talk well I could learn and I could observe and I could see what worked with different people because the way that I would sort of (laughs) influence how people were working was different you know if I had I remember this was at Capital One so there were like some analysts and how I'd get them to do work would be very different to some people in other areas of the business so I was starting to sort of develop and demonstrate some of these people manager skills and then when I was going for these roles I had much more that I could talk about and so it helped me to develop but it also just made me much more likely to get those positions that I hadn't done before and the thing that I did that really helped me because I had exactly the same problem I think I loved developing people more than I ever did actually most of the jobs that I did (laughs) Um, but that was also the thing that I was best at so probably no surprise we're both doing what we're doing today I always used to volunteer and put my hand up for team development because often as a manager or as a leader, that takes quite a lot of time. There's usually a bit of admin involved with it as well. So actually volunteering and saying, well, can I think about what we might, how we might want to develop as a team, you know, recommend some options, like take charge of that. So you're sort of doing collective development. And I did that in loads of different ways. So I did it in small ways, like, you know, you're a tiny team of three or four. But I also then did it as I sort of started to be part of bigger teams across a whole function. So I, like when I was working in marketing in Sainsbury's and we got you know, hundreds of people, I teamed up with a couple of other people and we looked after our marketing development. That, again, was massive for me in my career because, again, suddenly I sort of felt like I was developing hundreds of people. I remember when you were doing that and how energised you were oh, yeah, and how much, how much bigger you made that brief. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember first going, uh, I did it um, with another brilliant, another another brilliant Sarah. I'm like claiming my own brilliance there, <laughs> but with another lady called Sarah who, who is brilliant. And I really remember us first uh, going to sort of pitch how we might do this development for all of marketing to our boss, um, who weirdly was also called Sarah. So that's three Sarahs in a room, which is very confusing. Um, and her being very supportive, but we had got really, really big ambitions and really big ideas. And she just sort of very gently nudges <laughs> to okay, well, what are the simple things we could just get started with? Because I think we were probably going to spend millions and no one was ever going to do their day job. They'd spend all of their time developing, but we were very enthusiastic. Um, And actually, I am. when I think about some of my proudest moments in my career, what we created there is definitely something I feel incredibly proud of, partly because I think you're doing it with someone else 
which whenever you're collaborating, I always think it just feels better. You know, you started it from scratch. I love starting stuff from scratch. And then I could really see how it sort of moved. So actually where we started, which was quite small, and we just needed to get it off the ground and we needed to get people energised and excited by it, versus where it finished, which would have been, you know, three or four years later, and then it was taken on by other people. And by the end, we were sponsoring it and other people were doing it. I was like, I feel like that is a legacy that I actually left and feel really good about and still refer to now because I just go, oh, I can really remember, for someone with a rubbish memory, I can really remember, like, what we did and, and sort of the twists and turns of it and the impact that it had. So, yeah, I feel really good about that. I'm good, I'm good. I can see Thanks. it. I can see it in your face. Um, the, the thing I think was also really useful, if you're going to put that level of effort into supporting people's development, creating yeah, those kind of learning programs. Well, it was, but, you, you know, you loved it. But I think a really useful thing is to sort of brand it a little bit because then you get associated with that programme that you have essentially created. And so if the reason you want to get promoted is because you want to support the development of other people, then your brand being associated with a programme that you have created is a very good leapfrog into those jobs that you might not have done yet. And again, we want to be really transparent about all the trade-offs here. To be really clear that we spend loads of our own time doing that. Yeah. It wasn't like, a oh, suddenly you've got loads of time in your day job. Absolutely not. We were like evenings, probably a bit weekend, like finding pockets of time to do that. That's why it's good to do it with someone else. So you're kind of sharing the workload, but also why it's really important that you're passionate about it. Because honestly, I like I was happy to get to work an hour early to have a coffee and like come up with some ideas or to stay a bit later but also I was at the time in my career where I could do that so you know if I think about that when say I just had my little boy five years ago I like that just wouldn't even have been feasible so you've got to figure out like what what works for you at the moment so let's move on to the last motivator for getting promoted that you might resonate with, which is that the reason you want to get promoted is you kind of want to do more of the good stuff, more of what you want and less of what you don't. And this definitely, you know, Sarah and I talked about this has definitely been a motivator for us at different points in our career. But let's say you can't do that. For whatever reason, you can't get to those promotions that give you more of that stuff. What else can you do? One of the things that we've done that we have found really useful is to get closer to communities that are sort of working on that thing that you would like to so I'll give you an example I um, was a kind of a point in my career when I wanted to get promoted into a role of an innovation manager and it just wasn't happening it wasn't happening because it was sort of like this new team and I just couldn't see that job and I didn't have the experience they needed there were like loads of reasons why I wasn't getting it but what I did do was I spent more time in that world and that was actually outside of my organization so at the time there was um, I mean this organization still exists but it was called um, Nesta and there was another one called 100% Open and there were like communities where people like where grown-ups went and I definitely (laughs) didn't feel like they were doing the jobs that I wanted to do but they sort of welcomed me into that room and there was a company there was a collaboration company I think they were called and I just spent time with those people and then I learned more from them they would recommend me for things and put me forward and it sort of it closed the gap pretty quickly is what I think happened Mm. there and suddenly you know beyond that I was then became an innovation manager relatively quickly but it was because of those people that I met, the communities that I got closer to and the fact that I sort of became a bit more known in them. Yeah, I guess what you're doing there is you're spending time with people who are already doing more of what you want to yeah. be doing. And I think this is very clearly not about comparison. So we're not trying to make ourselves feel bad for the fact that that's not us. What we're trying to do is borrow their brilliance, sort of almost learn by osmosis, yeah. just by like hanging around with the right people in the right places I feel like you're as long as you're spongy 
you absorb lots of that good stuff. And actually, you are getting more of what you want, maybe not from your day job, but from other people. And I think about that when I think about career development. When I was thinking, I think I do want to work in career development, but I can't get promoted into a job to do career development. Actually, if I could have done in an organization at one point, I would have done. But that, you know, when you're like, that person's not going anywhere. Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> yeah. that is just a fact. And yeah. you could just see it. And I sort of tried to work out was that person. I was like, they are literally never going anywhere. And do you know what? I think that's still true. Yeah. Like, I think that person is still doing that job. When I remember thinking, you sure you don't want to go and squiggle and stay? Do something <laughs> a bit different. So basically I could do your job for a bit. And I was like, okay, it's not going to happen. So I, I did sort of need to do that sort of outside in and go and find those communities and I think because communities tend to be cross industry, they tend to have people at lots of different levels. There's not that sense anymore, I certainly hope, of, you know, almost like communities being for the fortunate few, you know, like that ladder like world of like, how do you break into them? Certainly from what I've seen now, communities feel much more open, like you say, much more welcoming, more the sort of easier access. And if you're not sure, figure out who you can connect with and like ask. Say, oh, is there any communities that you're part of? I've done that even within, um, you know, the small business world, thinking, uh, who are small businesses that are scaling? Like, how do we spend more time with those kind of businesses? So I literally just started asking around, like, how do I get closer to those communities? And they're like, have you heard of X? Have you heard of Y? You think, no, no. Well, what I've done before is I've looked for companies that, um, yeah. you know, like bodies and things, which is like Nesta was, and they often have events, virtual now and, and in person. And so it might not just be, it might not be a big community. It might be one company who operates in sort of the area that you're interested in, who has an event. And just going to that event, talking to people is one way that you can get closer. So another thing that you can do here is spot a problem that an organization might have, or it could be a team that doesn't have a position at the moment. So I'll give you some examples here. When I worked for BP, I worked in a part of the business called Castrol. And one of the, the problems that I noticed was that we didn't have a really mature customer insight or customer experience team. It just wasn't part of the way that team worked. And what I recognized was that we would have a better kind of marketing function if that existed. So I spotted a problem and I basically pitched a position. I spoke to my manager about what I thought we were missing and what the issue was and and what it could look like and put myself in a very good position for that position. And so that was a way that I got to do more of what I wanted. I loved customer experience. I loved customer insight and I sort of created that opportunity. And it's not the only organization that I have done that in. I did exactly the same thing in Virgin where I was looking, kind of working on insight and then turned that into a loyalty program, spotted a problem with the way that that organization was operating and then kind of created a position and ultimately lots of other positions for other people that would be better for the business and better for me. So I think this is quite, it's quite a confident move to make. And I think it does depend a little bit on the relationship that you have with the person that you're presenting the problem and the position to. But it's definitely a way, it doesn't have to be a permanent position. It could just be, I think if I were, it could be a secondment, yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe even a project. Yeah. Like, um, but the, the it gets you to spend more time on it and it helps people to see you in a way that they might not be doing in what you're working on at the moment. Do you know what's also nice about that is you are starting from the point of what does the organisation need versus what do you need? So sometimes one of the kind of things that is difficult about promotions or progression, it feels very like I, I, I. And sometimes managers or leaders in organisations feel backed into a corner and no one is at their best when they're backed into a corner. However, if you're sort of saying what I've noticed is we've got a gap here or there's this challenge or this feels like this could be a really interesting opportunity, 
you're you're almost sort of starting where they are and with what they need and then you sort of almost like slide into the oh and then I happen to be the solution well I've done it for us haven't I do you remember when I said oh I think I'd like us to, to grow in this area and I'd like to do a secondment for three months as like oh, yeah. a head of growth about that. Yeah, are you yeah. off to do that soon are you I mean I'd like quite like we chat about yeah, that like, let's talk about that <laughs> and actually we are talking here about progressing when you can't get promoted I have been promoted by doing this I was just thinking then as you were giving that example once I can only give one example but once in my career I did spot a problem and sort of pitched it and actually managed to get promoted as well so it probably doesn't happen it's not one of those things that will happen really frequently in your squiggly career but but you never know always better to know than not know well and mine resulted in a promotion as well not immediately because I created the position and I moved across exactly the same everything was the same level everything but then because I sort of proved the position in my performance I unlocked a promotion it's interesting, isn't it? So, you know, sometimes you have to kind of go, if you do want to go upwards, sometimes going sideways and creating that, it creates the opportunity. And then finally, making changes to your day job. So this is what sometimes we would describe as job crafting, probably a conversation to have with your manager, conversations usually, rather than just a one-off conversation, something you want to involve your manager in rather than sort of going, sort this <laughs> or, or expect them to do the hard work for you. I think there are a few things to just watch out for here. So one of the things that we are very conscious of is doing more of what you want, less of what you don't want. Really motivating for you, but only to a point. Because one of the things you want to watch out for is sort of the unpaid work creep, which probably feels familiar for all of us. And I think it is okay some of the time if you're very intentionally and consciously saying to somebody, right, I really want to get promoted. I recognize that can't happen, but I love the organization, I love my role. At the moment, I spend 20% of my time doing creative strategy. I want that to be 40% of my time. Can we talk about how we might make that happen? I've got a couple of ideas. And essentially, you're not expecting a salary change. You're sort of recalibrating, realigning the work that you do. So it will feel more motivating and engaging for you which is great. I do think there are lots of upsides to that. It's just that thing of just being careful that you don't end up then in a more senior job without the salary. So again, this might just be about being really transparent and saying, great, that works for me for now. And I'm really prepared to do that for the next three months or the next six months. But at that point, I want to sit down and have a conversation about kind of the impact that I have had and the difference that I've made. And then really think about kind of how I might continue to explore where my career might take me so just so that people don't a take advantage or it might even be an assumption they might not even be actively taking advantage they might just sort of not realized often um you know like the reason you use the word creep it's like squiggly creep mm. it's sort of it happens bit by bit by bit and then suddenly you almost are doing that job that you didn't get promoted into with no more money and maybe more hours and then you're like oh okay If you have taken control of that, I think that's very different versus, and it's been a choice for a time-bound period. I think that is very different to that sort of happening to you. Sarah and I have had debates about this before because I worked in an organisation that sort of formalised this. They called it a stretch role. So effectively, you had to, if you wanted to put yourself forward for a promotion, then you had to do a stretch role for like six months where you basically operated in that role without yeah. being rewarded. I've been in organisations that have done this. I and don't I, think they do it now, but I, I think they did. I don't know if that organisation did, but, I'm, but I quite liked it because I liked the achievement and the challenge. So I found it quite motivating. But I remember at the time you'd been like, that is wrong. 
<laughs> that is a that is a, that's not. But no, no, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not yeah. trying to sort of debate that point. But I think I think your point that you made now is the thing that's most important. And I think if you are choosing to do it and you feel in control mm. of the time period that that relates to, then you know that's your choice. If you feel like you are being taken advantage yeah. of, you're being breadcrumbed. It's more and more and more, but basically less and less and less. If you were to add up your time and kind of your pay then it's going in the wrong direction and that's unlikely to work well for you over the long term I suppose it's like do you feel the effort and reward is worth it yeah and as long as you do I think that is okay and it might be an okay compromise for a while and then let's hope that promotion then kind of comes your way but I think again just just watch out for it going too far and for too long so I guess we really wanted to come across as being positive about promotions because sometimes we talk about squiggly careers. I think people think, oh, they're just anti-promotions and we're yeah. not at all. Like we're, we're ambitious. We think promotions are great, but we don't think they're the only way that you can progress. And if it's not possible, we don't want you to start to stall and stagnate. So the ideas that we've shared with you, we want to, to give you some more control over how you're developing so that there are basically more options and opportunities for you. And we will summarize all the things we talked about, the ideas for action in the pod sheet. So that is a one page summary of what we talked about today on the podcast. And you can get it from our website, amazingif.com. There's a podcast page. And whilst you are on our website, it is worth also checking out our toolkit. So we have got lots and lots of free career development resources. We've got a career canvas. We've got a toolkit on values. We've got peer-to-peer coaching. There is so much stuff to support your development. So please head over to amazingif.com and find that stuff. And this week's topic is a really important one to us. So we would love to get your feedback on how useful and helpful this has been, whether there's still questions or niggles in your mind. You can email us at any time. We're Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com. So please do get in touch. And if there are other podcast topics or themes you'd like us to cover, we'd always want to know those too. But that's everything for this week. Thank you so much for listening. And we're back with you again soon. Bye for now. Bye, everyone. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 